Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. You know that. And I'm joined today once again by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW Twitter handle. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Tony. How are you doing? All right. What is it? It's Thursday, December the 15th. Football returns soon. I'm, I'm kind of sitting there eagerly. Can, can I just ask a, ask a quick question, Tony, just to clarify? Are we rebranding? No? Are we rebranding as the other team briefing today? <laughs> That's up to you. You'll, you. You have the you have the final say so on that. You want, you want to call ourselves the other team briefing you you fire away, batter in. <laughs> now now ladies and gentlemen, I'll just direct your attention to the strap line running along the bottom. It's our festive deal, Merry Christmas deal. You can get twenty-five percent off the yearly rate, and that takes it down to twenty-six pounds, which is a, a wonderful deal. Or if you subscribe, you can get, just for £1, you can get two months of free full access to everything that's written on the on the website. And you know what to do, and you know what I'm going to say, and it's all just for the click of a button. And it's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And you can join us. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. 25% off, costs you 26 quid for a year, magic or... If you subscribe on a monthly basis, you can enjoy two or three months for everything that's written on the website for just a pound. Sean, can't say fairer than that, can we, at Christmas? No, you cannot. You cannot. We Christmas deal. Um, get a lot of comments coming in. Morning, everybody. Uh, we've got yep. one from Kaiser saying, where's the big man, Stone Cold Aiden Austin? He is on the back shift today, Kaiser, so he'll not be, he'll not be joining us today. But... Uh, which is maybe perhaps just as well because he dropped off the face of the earth yesterday, didn't he? So he did indeed. But speaking of that kind of wrestling theme, Sean, yourself yep. and myself got <laughs> an interesting follower the other day, didn't we? Aye, weird. Morning. Weird. What, do you want to enlighten them as to who it was? Well, it was. It's also before uh, after my time. To be honest with you, Tony, I, I, when I watched the wrestling, it, it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff. But it was John Cena, his uh, world superstar John Cena is obviously a Celtic way man at heart because he's, he's followed the two of us on Twitter, hasn't he? He has indeed. And it's just, you see, this guy's got 40 million followers. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's our duty, Sean, to try and get John Cena on the pod at some yep. point. Uh, we'll, don't we'll ask, endeavor. you don't get, Tony. Correct. We'll endeavour to set our minds to that task soon enough and it could invert. He could well come on the pod. Uh, he seems that kind of guy, so we'll we'll try that uh, someday. See if we can swing that. He's a massive no. Callum McGregor fan for what I hear. So, <laughs> and he can go up against Stone Cold Aiden. <laughs> Stone Cold Aiden Austin. See who wins that. But there you have it. Now, Sean, you guys spoke about it yesterday, yourself yep. and Aiden and myself. But we'll speak about it again. Josip Juranovic. It's not going away, is it? <laughs> No, I mean, I thought we might have got a wee day off from talking about Juranovic, but we can't, can't really ignore it, I don't think. Um, aye, it's the Torino link, I suppose you're talking about, yep. The Torino link, yes, indeed. I can't I can't uh, say the word Torino without thinking of the only excuse, uh, Dennis Law. Skip what he talks <laughs> about Law. Torino, it's just like, uh, I always say Torino in that kind of voice, in my head, certainly, you know. So. <laughs> I would try it, but I wouldn't do it justice. <laughs> um Aye, uh, it's still being bandied about anyway, the Torino link, isn't it? Uh, the latest report this morning suggesting Celtic have told Torino that they need to double their record fee. Tony, can I just say I'm well up for that because, yes. <laughs> because despite what that report says and further to what I said on here yesterday, 
Torino's record fee isn't the 8.5 million quoted in the report for Per Schurz, who's a centre-back from Ajax. It's the 21 million euros, so about 18 million, 17, 18 million quid for uh, Simone Verdi from Napoli in 2020. Now, the confusion probably arises from the fact that uh, Verdi joined on loan for around 2, 3 million a year earlier, but they had an obligation to buy and he joined in 2020 and it was a record fee that brought it up to about 25 million euros that they paid. He's since fallen out of favour and is away on loan for a cut price deal, by the way, but that's that's by the by here for our purposes. <laughs> if Torino are being asked to double their record fee, you're essentially asking for between 36 and 47 million for Juranovic, so I go for it, I say. Yes, they, they can double that all they want, yes, indeed, that's uh, that's wonderful. As you say, there's confusion arisen from I think so, a, a report in one of the papers this morning claiming that Torino's record fee was eight and a half million euros. Uh, so, yes, the, as we like to do our research on here, Sean, we like to think we're buying on the money Aye. most times. I mean, it just, it just caught my eye because I'd mentioned it yesterday already and I thought, well, if yeah. I've got that wrong there, and then I, I checked again and no, it was it was definitely Simone Verdi's transfer, so... I don't. I'm obviously tongue in cheek there, saying 36 and 47 million, uh, just in, in, in the phrasing of the report. But nah, I don't. It's basically the concern I had yesterday: is are they going to part with the kind of money that Celtic are hoping for for Juranovic, um, when their record fee is only a couple of million more than probably what Celtic would be wanting, or even round about what Celtic would be wanting? That's what I'd be concerned about with the Trino link. Um, so I think I, I think if it is to be the, uh, to be Serie A. It's probably likely to be another team that would pay the kind of money that Celtic are looking for, but that's yeah. that's just me. Uh, that's just me speculating there. Yes, the same report claims that they're sounding out Serie A clubs, aren't they? Uh, different report, a, but same same outlet. I saying that he's 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 he has uh, a preferred destination. Yeah, yeah, saying that he prefer yeah. he's, he's been at, his agent's been asked to look at Serie A specifically, which actually I think would suit him. I think he would do well in Serie A, but it just depends what club from our point of view. You're looking at it. Who who could Celtic get the most money from? Basically, yeah. you know, obviously England is the answer to that. Um, mm-hmm. And the the kind of West Ham rumor or report yes. is is probably the one I would see maybe getting Celtic the most money. But if it's Italy that he wants to go to, and there's a there's a decent enough offer, an offer close enough to to what Celtic are wanting, then then it, it might be there. But I think he would do well in Italy, actually. Yeah, guys, get your questions coming. in. we're going to have a Q and A. Myself and Sean will endeavour to answer them as best we can. But when it comes to stats and facts and figures, I know Sean's bang on the money. You would never have got something like that wrong, would you, Sean? <laughs> Sorry, you caught me there taking a drink of tea. Um, well, it's just I just looked it up, Tony, to be honest. It was no more than that. But Yes, indeed. Well, there's, there's some basic rules that you follow in these things, don't you? You kind of check no, stats. No. <laughs> check stats and facts, yeah. I mean, we've all been guilty of it. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've all been guilty of uh, getting stuff wrong, so... That, that's fair enough, but it's just in case anybody had read that and was wondering, just <laughs> delighted to put the, the record straight on that, that the fee, record fee for Torino is €21 million Euros and not the 85 which would be reported. Mm-hmm. Andrew Aguirre yeah. earlier said, can't see him going to Torino. Uh, uh, Patrick McLaughlin referring to, well, not just last night's game, but the last few weeks in general, he says swap him for Amrabat at Fiorentina, um, who's the Moroccan midfielder who's been brilliant at this World Cup. He's 35, Tony. Yes, Playing like a twenty-eight-year-old at this World he, Cup, he's, he's been fantastic. He has been excellent. Yes, uh, to be fair. This is, by the way, this is not us linking Celtic with, with a move for Amra, but <laughs> yes, indeed. And I'm um, just saying, uh, I've made a career of getting things wrong, Sean. Now and again, you only need to look well, at the World Cup predictions. Well, aye, aye. So, yeah, uh, he without sin and all that. So yeah. it's not a, a dig at the outlet per se. It's just 
no, no. Than we wanted to. I mean, I, I tipped Karim Benzema to win the Golden Boot. He's not played a minute, so. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, we we we're not infallible. The journal boys are they, Sean? You know, no, today. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> there you go. But no, guys, it's a uh, thanks for that, Antonius. Marias comes in this one. You want to flick that up? Aye, I was going to save it for later, but I'll throw it up now if you want. Aye, it says if Celtic were to sign one player, what position should they fill, in your opinion? Since you share a name with them, Tony, I'll, uh, I'll throw it to you first. Yep. Uh, I'm always... Um, being a forward myself, I think you can't get enough forwards in your team, goal scorers and guys that get bums off seats, as they say, so I'm uh, not averse to signing another striker. But I still want the two that are in situ to stay, both Georges Jakimakis and Kyogo Furuhashi. But another striker coming in, healthy competition, another goal grabber, who that would be in Celtic are doing my scouting at the moment, aren't they? They've been linked with a, a couple of names, and I'm not averse to those names that they've been linked with. But I've, I trust the manager in these things, and we spoke about it the other day about how he sees players fitting in. So, you know my thoughts, you can't get enough good players in your team and you can't get enough goal scorers in your team. So, I would always say if you're going to sign a player, sign a striker. Sign a forward player. I, 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 don't, I can't fault that logic, to be fair. I think there's an argument for maybe another another centre-mid. To be honest, having signed a left-footed centre-back and now another right-back, yeah. I, I, I don't really see that urgent need for anywhere at the moment unless there's unless there's a gap to be filled or unless a, an, a, a player that you couldn't turn down comes up. But I like this comment um, from Lanky. Uh, a goalkeeper is more important than I know. I do agree with that, and I think there is a case to be made. And I probably, I'll probably whether I write it myself or get maybe shoot or somebody to write it. There's a succession planning for Joe Hart piece mm. to be written, um, like a serious consideration, not just saying, "Oh, Seagrass here and he's a couple of years younger," or uh, "Would you like Xander Clark again?" That that kind of thing. That not, not that a, a genuine consideration as to where they might find their next number one goalkeeper. Now, obviously, Toby Ulayemi. It's highly rated within the club by all accounts. It's hard for a goalkeeper to get minutes, especially when both goalkeepers, well, Scott Baines there as well, but certainly the Joe Hart and Benjamin Segrist seem to be the main two keepers. When they are senior players, it's very hard for a young keeper to get minutes in any competition, um, especially when Segrist is only getting minutes really in the cup. Uh, so I would suggest maybe all the needs to go on loan, even if he is the long-term number one pro- uh, project, but I think Lanky's yeah. got a good point. What happens after Joe Hart? Because I mean, I don't think anybody thinks Joe Hart's going to be here until he's forty-two or whatever. So, sure. I, I, th- I think that's. I think there's an article in that, and um, maybe uh, sure rather later that we publish it. Um, yeah, plan, and that's not to say you want Joe Hart gone now. Just that mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a succession plan should really be that. That is arguably, to be fair to Lanky, that is arguably the the one area of the park where age is the concern. Yeah, that's a pertinent point, let's be honest. But uh, so there you go. Um, Beach Boys comes in and says the next number one keeper is on the bench. Yeah, fair enough. Charlie McGarvey saying 100% a striker missed champ, chance in Champions League was a serious problem last year. Sorry, this year. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I will always, um, I mean, had they not signed Kobe Yashi, I would have said a left sided centre. Yeah. Centre back, but we brought him in. There's Beach Boys comments. Next number one keepers on the bench. I, I just, I mean, fair enough. Segrist is only going to turn thirty-one, and that's that is a decent age for a keeper. I have my doubts if he'll be Celtic's full, fully fledged number one. But we'll see. Yeah, he's done and well enough, and he's been called upon. Yeah. So, and if you know, you you have to, as you say, that succession planning, and if Celtic are going to part with any, well, 
gorgeous Jack and Marcus certainly in the January transfer window will certainly need another striker but um, I reiterate I want a third striker there not not one right, okay, yeah. two, to, two to leave I want a third one so what I would say to that is Maida is essentially the third striker I think um, because it not only helps him get more minutes if he's switching positions but it means they don't need to sign another striker but what I would I, I don't disagree that, that it would be good to have another one I don't necessarily think they will unless one's going to leave yeah, uh, but I come back to the kind of youth thing again. Where where is the place that any of these youth yeah. players are going to get their game time? I just don't, I don't really see the pathway still. And that's credit to the squad that Ange Postecoglou's built at first team level. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of actually progressing a youth player through, I don't really see anywhere in the squad just now that, that any of them will be able to get no. any sort of game time. No, sadly, I don't. But again, that's just leading to the others. It's partly down to the fact that Ange Postecoglou's built a really strong squad. To let's be honest, a lot of them have brought their A game since they came in, and they're successful and they're doing very well. So uh, you 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 want to see the likes of Rocco Vata get a chance, but you just can't see it at this minute in time, can you? No, no, I don't. I did say that the Sydney Super Cup. It wasn't so much about getting the game time, although we did get game time. It was more about the same as pre-season, where you can. You can yeah. certainly rule yourself out of Ange Postecoglou's thoughts if your attitude and your application is not there. So you, by that same token, you can certainly make sure that you're still in his thoughts when you're coming back. And you never know what's going to happen. It might take it might take a few injuries, don't get me wrong, it might take a couple of suspensions. But if that chance comes up and you've put yourself in his thoughts of, as someone who could cope with it, then you will get the chance. I think, is, I think that's the only way I can see it just now. Um, you remember James Forrest? Who could actually be directly competing with Rocco Vata for a for a for some game time if he was to get uh, more chances in the first team? He said in pre-season or actually at the end of last season that he's really impressed when he's trained with the first team and he felt he felt as if he was ready for the step yeah. up. So that is that's massive praise, especially from albeit a teammate and a senior teammate, but essentially a competitor. Well, you contrast now to this time last year, Sean, and they were getting into the St Johnson game in boxing day with Joy Dawson up front. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, so it's kind of it's a night and day in terms of squad depth and and where they are at the minute. But Joey Dawson got his chance and, and didn't do uh, particularly badly, did he? No, he didn't. But I mean, that's I. It was that was the COVID game, wasn't it? That was the yeah, and that was Boxing Day. That was in the back. Yeah, there, was, there was a, a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff yeah. in that game in terms of lineup because of the COVID. Uh, and then formation, all that stuff. And Abada showed that he could play striker as well. Well, I mean, we had, we had no doubt about it, did we, we? We'd spoken about that for a long time, didn't we? That Abada's actually quite effective in a striking yeah. role. So, so, there you go. So, mm-hmm. But hey, it is what it is. We'll see if that pathway emerges in the future. Because I know that's what Ange wants, isn't it? Uh, aye, well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, there's a there's an interesting one. See that game you talk about where it's um, it was the Boxing Day game. They went three at the back, as I say. Yes. I, I don't necessarily think that that is something he's going to do anytime soon. But I, as I pointed out after that game, I've kind of went into it in the nitty gritty and he played it with Australia. I think it was needs must on that occasion. But with the personnel that he's signing, for instance, we've, we've pointed out Alistair Johnston can play in a back three. Kobayashi's an actual left footer, which would, would albeit as he playing a back three, would, would give you that kind of left-sided presence. It is an option, and I'd be kind of intrigued to see him try it, but I don't necessarily think he will anytime soon. 
Okay, here's the question then, Sean, and I'll throw it to you from Hazel Finn. Do you think Liam Scales will be sold in January? Mm, well, he can't play on Saturday, can he? Because he's uh, he's loaned from Celtic. But I mean, Jim Goodwin's made no secret of the fact that he yeah. wants him. So he's going to try in January. He said that since since the window shut in the summer, he's going to try and sign him. Uh, Celtic stance on it at the time was they're not looking to sell him, not yet. Um, I suspect if he continues playing well, because he's been a key player for Aberdeen, um, he shifted about. He's actually someone who has been shifted between left back, left centre back, and left centre back in a back three. Uh, I suspect it might be the end of the season before they look to to genuinely move him on. That said, if an offer comes in, not from Aberdeen necessarily, if any offer comes in, then they could look at it. But um, Aberdeen are certainly going to offer, by all accounts. Jim Goodwin said as much. So I suppose it depends how much they offer and whether Celtic thinks that come the end of the season they could get more. Or indeed, indeed if he feels like giving him a chance in the summer. Yeah. Sorry about the noise, guys. The kitchen is still getting... Yeah, done up. So yeah, if you you're banging, I'm I apologise for that occupational hazard. I'm right below me, so what can you do? <laughs> yeah, you can hear some. Right. You can see some comments coming in there about letting Aiden out or the missus out the world. Yeah, <laughs> I can assure you, neither, neither indeed, Tony, yeah, indeed, neither nor are there. But uh, apologies if you the buying getting a bit. Yeah, is it too noisy? Can you hear it? I no, no, I, don't, I think it's all right. Unless, of course, you're not wanting to listen to the two of us, maybe. But nah, rather nah, concentrate in the banging. But I can hear it. But I was just say, uh, hopefully, it's not impinging too much on the broadcast. But uh, you have it. So yes, indeed. But I mean, I, Sean. I, I mean, I said at the start of the program, I, I really am looking forward to Saturday. It can't come quick enough. In my eyes, yeah. I don't know about you. I mean, it's been a long few weeks, hasn't it? Without well, yeah, night of weekly football. Aye, it's uh, it feels as if it's been a couple of months rather than rather than <laughs> a month. But aye, I, I'm looking forward to it. Pataudry's always a always a good place to go, but it's a, it can be a hard place to go. As Kevin McKenna's calling pointed out uh, today, he mentioned that he actually also he touched on a couple of topics. Tony, I don't know where you stand on it. That I didn't mean that as a pun, but I don't know where you what your opinion is on it. Uh, but Kevin's the main thrust of Kevin's article today is that he feels as if the time has long since come that the club looks to upgrade and rebuild the the main stand to not only increase the capacity but satisfy the waiting list for season tickets. And, ultimately increase the financial gap between Celtic and Rangers and um, basically just finish Fergus McCann's project, really. I think it's a worthwhile point, isn't it? Because you look at it and the main stand looks kind of out of place, doesn't it? Now it's sinking, looks a bit... I, don't get me wrong, I still like it. There's a sentimentality about it. Yeah, yeah. I can see what Kevin's getting at. That, that's, that's what I think as well. I'm much a discussion. I like the, the main stand and I think... It should be. Uh-huh. It should stay for posterity. But I can see where Kevin's coming from on the whole increase of capacity, and you know, you, you know, you 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 have a good team at the moment, Sean, which you yeah. will probably be able to fill it. You know, in the future, will it always be the same. You don't know. And then with the numbers window of Celtic, we're doing so well if they went through the kind of fallow period. So there's lots of things to consider there, isn't there? Nah, but uh, nah. I, uh, I'm like you, I. You know my thoughts on traditional things. I'm like keep them, you know. And I just there's something about the main stand that reminds me of going when I was a kid with my dad to watch football, especially in the big European nights. And I just loved it. 
my dad still got a season ticket in the main stand and it's a place that I love going to whenever I can, uh, when I get the day off, when the boss man allows me the day off to go as a punter and stuff like that, you know, so, yeah. but uh, yeah, it just holds a special place in my heart, the, the main stand, and I would hate to see them demolish it, if they could somehow build on top of it or something, or then I would be I would be fine with that, but don't take it away, <laughs> I don't want it to go, but hey, progress, Sean, we're told, and all, all these things, you know, so, it's... Corey, I've got a question here, Andrew Gillia says... It's all fine, Tony. Tell us about you being a striker, though. <laughs> uh, I had, I, for some reason in my mind, I thought you were a winger rather than a striker. I, I was a winger, actually, yeah. I was a winger. I could play both centre-forward or right wing. I was I was, I was, was a right winger. So. A speed demon, were you? A speed demon. What's, what's that? Yeah, speed demon. Oh, I was indeed. I was quite yeah. a, I was a... But I was... It took me a while to grow, so I was quite a tiny guy. Uh, you know, we're growing up playing football, so... I was always up against big guys, but my speed and my my skill set were good enough to beat them. But the minute I came up, I, I came up against a big, uh, a Tamper size type. Let's put it that way. Then you know they would just edge me out the road, and because I was running at speed, I would just be knocked off the ball quite easily. You know, so nobody ever said get into the gym and bulk yourself up and do, do weights <laughs> and stuff. So I was always, but I was quick. You know, and I was I could I was I could think quick on a park. So. I uh, I adapted those situations where uh, I was I was decent enough. I was I was all right, you know. Don't want to sit here, bar barstool room preaching, tell you I could have been a contender. You know, what I mean, everybody <laughs> does that, don't they? You know, if it wasn't for this or that. But hey, yeah, I, I was okay. I could hold my own. Andrew Gillia comes back in saying he was too, and then ended up a centre half and a Maltese side. Fair enough. There you go. Tony, I was I was like you. I was a wee bit. Of a, I was a pacey kind of. Player, yeah. but it went the opposite. Kind of in between the two of you, I ended up a sweeper as well. So, I, I mean, I think I told the story on the pod before that I, I did sign for Celtic when I was thirteen, and I, I wrote my date of birth down, and I was two weeks too old. I, I remember you saying, trial. "Yeah, I had to go for a trial for the that to be under 12s, 13s and I had to go for the fourteens." And then I said they were like the Saudi Arabians, the <laughs> <laughs> Scotland team played in the World Cup final. Guys were just massive and. You know, and it was a big difference when you were a kid back then, you know, so I was good at that level with guys that were the same age as me, but when I had to go to play against guys who were, you know, older and bigger, you know, tough ask. You have to be Jinky Johnson or George Best. Aye. And whilst I was on my way to trying to become that, I, I wasn't really finished that. Because, <laughs> so. but I, I, um, two comments here, Tony. Robert Ingram, could have been a defender. He says, <laughs> could have been, been a, a defender. defender yeah. And then... Um, John Hill, did you ever change agents, Tony? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I've always said if I was ever to have an agent, the only person I ever trusted in football, and he's always my go-to guy, and he still has to this day, it's my old man. I would have my old man as my agent because he's never given me a bum seat about football ever, So uh, and he knows that. So it's, uh, I would have had him uh, as my agent if, if that was a done thing back then. But, yeah, I mean, and that's why I do what I do now because... Back then, a great for three days solid in a room not too dissimilar to this. And my old man came in and said, you can't cry for the rest of your life. What are you going to do? <laughs> and I said, well, and at that point, I was watching Scott Sport. And Arthur Monford was on the telly. I said, I'm going to be him. Yeah, fair enough. And that, and that was... Where's the sports jacket then? I totally... <laughs> and, and one of the... I might have told this before as well, but one of the great thrills in life was when I was doing my postgraduate diploma and we got a brief saying, 
go and interview somebody famous and and let us know why they're famous and i interviewed arthur montford because i'd always wanted to do it and it was just up alongside the martin o'neill pod that we did the other week it was it was one of the best hour and a half i spent in my life sean and uh because i used to do a an impersonation of him when i was a kid and i'd written this uh in in creative writing class and i'd written a poem about him mm. which i've actually put in the new book for those who oh want there it is there's the plug there's, there's the plug. plug the new book right there we go do the whole thing there it's here <laughs> there so available on amazon so in an independent very, very partic thistle colours there, Tori. Yes, it's Roy the Rovers adjudicator said to me, Have you given this to Arthur Montford? And I said, No, you'll never see it. Hmm. And he was like, I don't know why. So he encouraged me to give it. So part of me was okay, I'll maybe one day get to speak to him. So I did. And I gave him the poem and he read it and it was just interspersed with bits of uh, his commentary. So uh, we, I met him in a car outside the Bishop, uh, the, the, it was a Torrance Inn in Bishop Briggs and it wasn't even opened. So we started doing the interview in the car and then eventually get to, and I said to him, I used to do an impersonation of you. So he said to me, do it. So I was like, oh, here we go. So the first thing I saw when I looked at the poem, I was like, um, Glavin, Glavin looks up, tries on a dip of the stairs, a goal, smashed up, <laughs> past the despairing hands of McCloy. Right, and so he burst out laughing. That's not bad, by the way. Right, so he burst out laughing, and then all these bits of commentary, he read them all out to me as if he was there, and it was just it was, but an hour and a half of bliss. Right, just the guy was a huge hero of mine and a big part of why I do what I do. Yeah. When he said to me, "Have you got two copies?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "You sign that one," so I signed it, and he took it, and he signed nice. the other one, and he gave me it. And before he left, he said, "You you won't understand this until you're older." I said, "Okay." And he said to me, when you get up in the morning, Tony, put your shoes on, not your slippers. And he kind of disappeared and that kind of stars in your eyes smoke. And I'm standing like that. What do you mean? <laughs> and only years later it hit me and it was always be busy. You know, keep your mind active. Well, Patrick McLaughlin reckons you have been very busy because he reckons he's cracked it and it's that ex-agent of yours locked in the cupboard. So, uh, and I think we'll move on to different topics because Gary McDowell says, waiting for a red book to be handed to Tony in a This Is Your Life moment. Michael Aspel. There we go. But uh, aye, there's a couple of comments coming in before we wrap up and stuff. FS coming back in about the stand uh, rebuild. Uh, idea, he says when he goes into the south stand, which is also the other name for it, right enough um, with the grey brigade he calls it, uh, I feel I am in the 70s it's not cheap to sit there but the grey the grey brigade, brigade easy for me to say, are happy to put up with the conditions, I mean that is another another aspect of it, as anyone that actually sits within it, really calling for it to be, to be rebuilt, Tory. but Kevin's point is, well it, it literally says the words Fergus McCann bequeathed the board that inherited the club from him a financial situation that was denied to him and it's been over 20 years since really, well, far more than 20 years um, that they've had to redevelop one stand whereas he did three stands in about five or six years so really Kevin's saying there's no excuse for it not to be at the level of the other three stands Of course, yeah, and I, and I can see Kevin's point and you know what it's, it's the, the old argument is uh, traditionalists against, you know yeah modern day and well, whatever happens with the main stand I, I wouldn't you know if they have to remodernize it then so be it I, I, I can't you know you can't stand in the way of that but I'm just one of these guys that you know as you can see by devotion to Roy the Rovers and stuff from the past now 
I, I'm possibly stuck in the seventies or eighties, but I guess it's just my era and my time. And the thing is, if you if you redevelop that part, surely you would you would be affecting the actual facade. Of course. And I, I quite like that. I think that's you that's something that, that I'd, I'd, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'd like to see leave. If you know what I mean, I don't think I'd like to see that go. Uh, the glass doors, the the red brick, the I, I like all that, and I realise that it doesn't sit at the same level as the rest. And a truly modern stadium in terms of being in contention for UEFA finals and stuff, which is another another yeah. thing that Kevin points out. But in terms of all right, it's sentimental, but I think that is an, but, that's an iconic facade and stuff. But so. it's a nod to a sentimental past. Yeah. Of which Celtic, there's many nods. I mean, for me, the first thing I think on with that is the Martin O'Neill. I'll do everything that I can to bring success yeah. out there and that thing. You, you, yeah, yeah. I think you've you've mentioned it plenty of times the, the glass doors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I maybe maybe Kevin's right, and everything we're saying here is just sentimentality, and ultimately yeah. there isn't an excuse, and it should be be modernised. But I think there is there is both sides here. Uh, FS obviously someone who has that or does sit in the in the main stand, saying that quite happy with it the way it is really yeah there's there's modernization trump sentimentality that's that's the question you're asking yourself now isn't it so there you are before we wrap it up right i'm putting up this one because it's caused a bit of consternation in the in the comments here beach boys saying a january slash summer fire sale and then he names people tony he says connor hazard who by the way did well on one at hjk helsinki but i don't know how how Likely as they get us any chance in, in the first team. Um I feel as if his chance probably came in that, that kind of COVID uh period when he played mm-hmm. the cup final and stuff. Uh, and then says Stephen Wells, James McCarthy, Liam Scales, Mikey Johnston, Georgios Yakimakis, Josip Yaranovich, and David Turnwell. But then this is what's caused the consternation, Tony. It says all Deadwood not improving and won't take Celtic to the next level that the manager, the club and the fans want. Now what do you make of that? I think it, I think the first half of that you could make right, fair enough. But I think it's very harsh on on the last three. <laughs> That's exactly. I was just stop. That's well, Mike Mikey Johnson. Dot dot dot. All Deadwood. George's Jackie Marcus, Josip Juranovic, and David Turnbull. Referring to them as Deadwood is, I think that's disingenuous. Um, mm. I'm not having that. I strongly disagree with that, Beach Boys. Hazard, Wells, McCarthy, Scales, Mikey Johnson, calling them Deadwood. I think you can just about get away with it, but I think it's disrespectful to football players who have played for Celtic. Uh, and you know, I'm never, uh, I would never label them as Deadwood. Possibly surplus to requirements. That's different. They just don't see a way that they can get first yeah. team minutes. But George's Jack and Marcus, Juranovic and Turnbull are certainly not Deadwood. They've got a valid contribution to make if they stay at the club. David Ferguson comes in saying exactly that. Turnbull, Deadwood, it's a wee bit disrespectful. Beach Boys comes back in again saying it's his opinion and he feels he offers nothing. That's fine. I disagree with it as well, personally. I think uh, I, I do think it's hard for Turnbull to get, if everyone's fit and firing, I do think it will be hard for the likes of him and Aaron Moy to actually get significant game time given that there's no European games, the rotation might not be as drastic as what it's been. Um, but it does offer things statistically and stylistically. I think it offers a wee bit uh, that maybe the other players don't, especially from set pieces. Is that enough? Maybe not, but I still think he's got improvement in him because it's what his third full season as a senior professional. He'd obviously injury interrupted ones and stuff. Um, 
Ange Postecoglou likes him. You mentioned all the time that he talks about him. He mentions yeah. him when he's, in, when he's injured and stuff. I think with Turnbull, I, he does offer something. And to me, he is, as it stands just now, he is the kind of the premium rotation midfielder, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because we've all said, or at least me and you have said, that we're starting front, uh, starting midfield three is going to be McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly. I think Turnbull's the next in that list. I don't think it's Aaron Moy. I think it's Turnbull. Yeah, and Beach Boys, I, I think the word Deadwood's disrespectful to footballers. I don't, uh, I don't disregard your right to have an opinion. That's your opinion. Nah. That's fine. I'm, 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 uh, I'm down with that. That's okay. Nobody can change their mind on that. But I just think labelling footballers, professional footballers, Deadwood are. Just my own opinion that I think that's a bit disrespectful, but that's your opinion of those players, and so be it. But I think George's Jackamakis and JJ and Turnbull are a bit, a lot better than being labelled Deadwood. You know, the others, I think someone said in the comments as well, you can label them fringe players or surplus to requirements. It's all in the phraseology, I guess. And I think Deadwood is just a bit harsh. That's just. Again, to use your own uh, words there, that's my opinion. We can agree to disagree. It's allowed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kaiser <laughs> Kaiser comes in saying, I sold them all weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Just, that, Fair enough. That to, progress, uh, progress, progress. I think that was to uh, fund the Nkunku deal, wasn't it? Or Mudrich deal <laughs> uh, that Kaiser's desperately wanting to, to bring to Celtic. Holds a way, though. <laughs> Good name. It's a long season ahead, he offers plenty. Yeah, and I agree with you, Sean. I think Turnbull is, he's becoming the go-to rotation man, isn't he? Andrew Gillia, as expected, Moy is in front of Turnbull. Listen, horses for courses and all that, but in a yeah. vacuum for me, I think Turnbull, Turnbull's still ahead of him in the in the depth chart, if you want to, want to say it that way. But Yeah, you know, so it's uh, lots of variables there, Sean, in the midfield in terms of the rotation of the squad. But we... We neared with calls to the match the other day and said that that triumvirate of Calmac, Katati and O'Reilly is not for moving if everybody's fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, There's a couple of comments coming in about Mikey Johnston saying he's doing well on loan. By all accounts, he is. We had a, a loan report. Uh, Stuart kind of dug into his performances while he's away with uh, Victoria in, in Portugal. And, uh, and I'll try and dig that out and put it in the comments, of course, but he has been playing well. If it's well enough to come back and actually get game time at Celtic, not so sure yet. But give him the full season and see what happens, uh, I suppose. Because I still think there's a player in there, but as always, there's certain aspects that you really would need to see him improve before he would seriously challenge. Beach Boys comes in, says, I'm sorry, I fe- you haven't offended me, Beach Boys. It's, I, you know, it's your phraseology, not mine. Don't get offended. But we are intelligent enough, you know, that... Jackie Marcus and Iranovic have been touted for transfers. That's what happens when you're a good footballer, you get touted for a transfer. The rest offer nothing. Well, that's that's a matter of uh, speculation and opinion again, isn't it? Uh, I just think Deadwood's a, it's a strong word. Let's put it that way. And I feel that that's a bit disrespectful to the players involved because they are playing football at a very, very good level. Mm-hmm. And they're just maybe not good enough to play for the current Celtic team which has brought its A game to the table since the, the manager came in. That's all I'm saying. I'm not not offended by your choice of words. It's to be fair, I, I, I've, I've no problem with the term Deadwood. I think I've used it before and I like my, remember my keep, keep sell kind of articles and stuff so I, I've not really got a problem with the term. I just don't think it applies to, 
uh, Yakimakis, Juranovic and yeah. Turnbull, but nah, I've not no real problem with the term. But. Indeed. Fair enough. So yes, there you have it. Um anything else, Tony? There was a there was a right back Celtic were linked with, but I'm not sure how much uh, how much sense it would make, really. Yes. Um, to, to, to purchase another right back when they've just signed Alistair Johnston and Anthony Ralston's playing really well and as of just now Josip Juranovic is there. Um I suppose if you if you do subscribe that he's maybe going to move to three at the back and Alistair Johnston will maybe play in that position then maybe but it's um <clears throat> it's a maybe an unlikely one, would you say? Ah yes, I'm trying to Ivan, wasn't it? Was it what was your name again? Uh, the Real Valladolid player. Yeah, yes. Uh, Fresneda, his name is. Uh, Fresneda. Fresneda, Fresneda, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is 18 really? I suppose. Is 18? You could maybe say he's a project, right enough. But I suppose yeah. it depends. depends Spanish under 19 player, wasn't he? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And they, they were talking about if he was to come in, it would be a, a kind of project. But lots of people pointing out that Celtic haven't really invested in projects since Sands came in. Uh, to an extent, to um, somewhat, yeah. I've been more kind of, even if they've been young, they've been kind of first team ready, that yeah. kind of thing. Johnny Kenny, maybe the exception, he is very much a project. He's away at Queen's Park, not yes. really doing too well actually. At Queen's Park, not getting a lot of game time really. Um, I was hoping to see him get quite a bit uh, at Queen's Park, but I beyond that, there's not that many projects, even if they've been younger, they've been playing, no. they've, been, they've been coming in to with a view to play. The thing is. With the Fresneda link, I think it was just reports in Spain, but he's also getting linked with Leeds for like 20 odd million and stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know how much um, to, to give it, but we might as well mention it in passing at least. Well, Celtic was linked in dispatches, wasn't it? But there was lots of talk of move to England and stuff like that. So we'll see how that one plays out. Yeah. But there we go. Nope. Saturday football, Sean, it's coming. It's uh, coming slowly, but surely. Yeah. It's when we'll build up the preview to the Aberdeen game. On Saturday, yep. tomorrow, we'll build it up big time. Uh, just wanted to say, direct your attention again to the bottom start line. Subscribe to the Celtic Way. We've got the Christmas, Merry Christmas deal festive offer. And you can support top quality journalism covering the club you love. It costs you a pound for two months of full access to everything that's written on the website. Or you can enjoy 25% off the yearly price, which takes it down to... 26 quid, which is a total bargain, and all you do is click a button www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved today. That was Tony. Before we go, remember, we're doing a a Celtic home top giveaway uh, for Christmas to celebrate Christmas on uh, on Twitter. So I've put the link to that in the comments. It's like any other home top giveaway you go on, you, you retweet that tweet that I've sent a link to and you make sure you follow the Celtic Way Twitter account and that's you in the draw which I'll make in Monday or I'll we'll make in Monday and um get a Celtic home top to you. <laughs> Kaiser coming in, Sean, and accusing me of shaming these transfer choices. <laughs> that the Nkunku or Mudrich yeah, one but he was saying sell the likes of O'Reilly and Jackie Marcus to fund that so not not the not the fringe players. So yeah. okay, Kaiser, no problem. Uh, so, you says we'll be, we'll be back to preview the Aberdeen game tomorrow, but just because Andrew's asked what time's the game, it's half twelve. Uh, Putaudry time, would you say? Because it's all it's on Aberdeen. Uh, Celtic part time. The, the Celtic Twitter account likes to say, um, aye, twelve thirty. 
and Beach Boys were not falling out, still good pals, uh, nothing like that. We don't, we don't take offence, we don't take ourselves that seriously. We, we're allowed a, a difference of opinion. Isn't that right, Sean? It's what makes it the beautiful game that oh, it is. Aye, of course, mate, mate, your own mind up, so I always you say. So I, yeah. I respect your opinion, you respect mine, so you tune in and listen to it. So, yeah, that's fine, I respect that. It's, uh, it's, it's your thoughts on that, so all good, you know, so uh, we'll see what happens in the transfer window. Mm-hmm. It opens soon and uh, there'll be business done, both incomings and outcomings, no doubt. But yeah, can't wait. Aberdeen, half 12 for Todry time, Sean, is that what you're calling it? Yep, that's what I'm calling it. Granite City time, it's, it's frosty up there, by the way, it's snowy. I don't think there's any danger of the game being off or anything, but certainly the Highland League up there will be wiped out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be freezing as always, freezing in East Kilbride. Don't know what temperature it is, but it's cold and there's banging going on. So I'm away to, as I say, make the workman a cup of tea or coffee because yep. that's what you do in these things. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, but cheers. Thanks for another great show. Cheers, Sean. Thanks for your contribution. No Hope you enjoyed it. Some of my ramblings earlier as well. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, oh, uh, it's been a long four weeks. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Football nearly returning. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys.